Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Shad. And also we have Layla, who just stepped off. You may have heard some clitter, some clatter. You want to say hello? No. This week we cover Clive Barker's Nightbreed, 1990. Who's buried in Midian? Ain't nothing but dead folk. Somewhere. Hidden from sight, closer than you might think, is a place that's not on any map. Midian. Something's breathing there. It looks a lot like hell. But they call it home. There goes the neighborhood. They're not pretty. They're not neighborly. You'll come back now, you hear? They're not even human. But this time, they're the good guys. From the imagination of Clive Barker comes Nightbreed. You can't go down there! They have only one enemy. A beast called Man. Sworn to destroy the Nightbreed. Sounds like we're going head to head with the devil himself. And only one chance. A man Moon! called Moon. It's time to fight! Go get him, boys! I'll kill you! What chance have we got? They're armed. So am I. Out of your deepest fears and your darkest fantasies, Clive Barker brings you a startling new breed of adventure. I won't let you down. Nightbreed. At last, the night has a hero. Outstanding. I said that backwards, so I don't want people to be confused in case you've never seen Nightbreed. The movie's not called Nightbreed 1990. It was 1990s Nightbreed. Mm. Okay. Directed and written by Clive Barker himself. We saw the uncut, the regular theatrical version. Yep. Um, It's also, right now, we have Chad owns the fancy Blu-ray yeah, it's a set that had the director's cut and the original one on there. Um, but it's also um, on Pluto right now for free. Okay. So you can catch it on Pluto if you've never seen it or if you want to revisit this movie for some reason. So if you have joined us within the month of February and you heard our last podcast where we covered the craft legacy, I try to say that without rolling my eyes. Uh, I announced that, and that was our second serving, by the way. I did not make that announcement I was our second serving because I went straight into the hate of it. Uh, I, I covered it on Instagram. Don't worry. Oh, good. You covered it? Okay, good. So I said I was going to do a movie, uh, movies that I loved and hated as this is my birthday month. And I chose to go and continue the hate train because I want to end the month on love. Okay. So <laughs> don't cancel me horror fans but i am not a fan of nightbreed i really do not like this movie i hadn't seen it in like over six years so i decided to watch it again it's actually been on our list chad's list i should say specifically 
of movies that he's wanted to watch and cover. So we are covering it now. And Chad is an avid reader. And uh, as you probably already know, if you've listened to some of our uh, previous episodes, and he has read um, the novella Cabal, which is, as we find out later on in the film, no spoilers, because I mean, the movie's like a jillion years old. So uh, Aaron Boone's nightbreed name is Cabal. Yeah. So give us a little bit of insight on the novella well the novella is a little bit more of the uh director's version the way it ends and everything and of course it's a little bit more of clive barker's uh trademark stuff there's a lot more sexuality there's a lot more uh creepiness with decker you see decker a lot more in the novel he talks to the mask the mask talks back to him the mask is telling him things to do and it's more about like what we hide inside, what we don't show to the world. I have a feeling this was written at a time when Clive Barker was still in the closet because a lot of it is don't show people who you really are. Don't let people see what's inside you. Don't, you know, hide these kinds of things inside. Don't let people see the real you. So I get that in almost all of his films um, or I should say novels that have been adapted as films. But... In a lot of these, what's inside is a monster. So is he saying that he himself is a monster because he is, like, you know, gay? I don't know. I just, does he hate himself? I mean, I mean, that's just like on a whole other level of like thought because there's, you could either read too much into it, just take it as it is or whatever. But I know that he paints. He's also obviously a painter and a lot there's so much pain like and obviously you know he has his things that he's had to work and deal with as a human being as clive barker so he just releases that through the different medias of art that he does maybe maybe especially back at the times when this was because all this stuff was written back in the early to mid 80s maybe he did think of himself as a monster at the time that's pretty sad yeah well, it could be because, you know, it's, I mean, it's not great now, but it was a whole lot worse back in the 80s. Oh, well, yeah, especially when they were like, oh, AIDS and HIV was all because, you know, gay people. That, yeah. Uh, that was, I, I remember that from being in school. That was like something that a lot of people thought. I mean, and, you know, but anywho. Uh, well, spoiler alert, boys and girls, the true monsters of this film are the humans. Specifically, done, done, done. Pretty specifically in this one, the cops, which is kind of on the nose for today. <laughs> <laughs> the cops and, no offense, because it's in the movie, redneck cops. <laughs> well, they, they call it sheer neck, which I'm sure is just a Canadian word for redneck. <laughs> sheer neck cops. Yeah, there's just so much things. So uh, we usually will say who's like in the cast. David Cronenberg. That's it. That's the only person you need to know. And David Boreanaz's lookalike, who's playing the lead. Yeah, uh, Craig Schaefer is his Craig name. Schaefer, yeah. And he does look, even like the black leather jacket and everything that he's wearing, he does look a lot like uh, Boreanaz. It's it's wild. Like, look, like you made that, uh, you just, you, you pointed that out. And I was like, wow, that is on the fucking money right there. Danny Elfman uh, did the music, which you can tell five seconds into the film when I looked over at Chad and I said, mm, this sounds like Batman. He's like, I think Danny Elfman did this music. And then it, he did. 
And then I, and then later on, and this is like, I don't know if it's a curse, but you can tell when a composer has composed music because they have specific notes that they use. They have a certain style and Danny Elfman's style, that shit has not changed. Like literally Beetlejuice is like 1990, 1988. Then you have Batman and then you have this movie, 1990. All of the fucking music sounds the same to me. Like there are parts in like towards the middle and the ending of the film where I was like, this is Beetlejuice. Like I'm getting Beetlejuice vibes right now. And then there were a lot of parts where I'm like, I'm getting Batman vibes. Yeah, there was some of it specifically I hadn't really thought about it in a long time. But, I, you know, watching it now, I'm like, oh, yeah, it does sound like a little bit of the chase music in Batman. Yes. I could not take the movie seriously because of the music. All I thought about was, and this is weird because I keep saying Batman, but really thought about was um, the penguin running around like laughing and like in his fucking ducky, <laughs> ducky car. Um, <laughs> so why does Boone? I have so many questions. All right. Let's hear the questions. Okay. Why does Boone dream of Midian? And why the fuck would you want to go there? Like, this is obviously a question for, like, the fans of Nightbreed. Because I I don't know what it is. Why people love this movie so much. I just, I don't get it. Um, I wish I did. I wish someone would tell me. Can you tell me? Why why do you love this movie? So you But you're different. Because you actually have contacts. That's like if I watched, like, Harry Potter you know, and I love the fucking movies and I never read, I hate the movies or I read the book or vice versa. Obviously that was a terrible example, but you know what I mean? Like I read the novels and I saw the movie so I can pinpoint all the shit that's wrong in all those movies. That's like, that's not the book or this didn't happen or this happened this way. Um, you said it's pre- the director's cut is pretty close to this. Yeah. The director's cut, there's a lot more stuff from the novel in it. A few things that aren't, but they had to pad it out a little bit because the story isn't that long in there. Even though it is one of his longer stories in the Books of Blood, it's it's not long, really. And I don't know. I always liked it because at the time that this came out, I had I had just read it recently before it came out. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of horror movies like this at the time where really, you know, the monsters in this movie are the good guys. All the evil, twisted, creepy-looking people that are hiding in the shadows, they're all the good guys. And, you know, like I said, the rednecks are the bad guys. So the people in this one, the norms, are the terrible people that are doing all this stuff. They do way worse shit than any of the monsters. The monsters really didn't do anything in this. They were just living their life. And then David Cronenberg rolled up and called all the rednecks out, and next thing you know, they're all being murdered. So that was something I liked about it was it was kind of from the monster's point of view. And it was the first one of those that I really remember seeing. Okay. What's the connection? Why does Boone keep having these dreams? It's just one of those he was always destined to go there. Okay. So now refresh my memory because I also erased this film as soon. Not this one. This other film I'm going to mention that I erased so much. I don't actually remember the fucking name of it. The movie that we covered a couple of months ago um the one with the magicians that's also a clive barker story right yes lord of illusions lord of illusions boom okay so this i have to laugh because i'm like okay makes so much sense that movie is like so close to this movie in my in my opinion 
there these this weird cult is hiding you know in the fucking catacomb i call it the catacombs but they're living in some weird fucking place in like some weird commune you know there's like a there's like a the main person they all freaking worship like they had the bahamut in this one which was like the their center you know um then you have like the outsider that comes in you know and fucking revs things up like there's a lot of similarities to to both of them um my dislike for both are still very strong but that's also another thing they have in common um (laughs) why does yeah who wants to hang out at this place i'm not dreaming about this place i'm telling you right now like i'm not dreaming to go there everyone is really fucked up looking i mean there's like maybe like the little girl she fine even when she's like a naked cat look like the freaking the skin uh, sleepwalker like when they turn (laughs) into cats she look like a little baby one of those maybe that's where they got the idea for sleepwalkers maybe 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 and then hey clive barker's in sleepwalkers so wow well there you go there we just They're fucking part connected. of the universe. We right did the Kevin Bacon. We did the six degrees six of Clive Barker. D- yeah, there you go. Boom. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Cronenberg, like, okay, I can't even take him serious because the whole time I'm fucking, I'm, lo- I'm looking at him. He's wearing the suit. You know, he's all business, and I'm thinking, I'm fucking singing the Ghostbusters theme on my head because he looks so much like um, uh, Harold Ramis. Yes, <laughs> with the, they have the same hair and like they're wearing the little fucking spectacles, you know. So uh, I have a weird fucking mind. Let me just, I would uh, I would uh, be able to live in the night breed because I'm weird myself, but mentally, that was the other <laughs> thing. Why Boone wasn't a monster? He wasn't. Uh, a freak a freaky looking why was he given because this is like totally no explanation whatsoever when he gets shot in front of uh midian why does he get like the power to come like why does he become jesus christ like why does he become resurrected because he was already he had been bitten by peliquin the one you call dreadneckhead oh yes he bit him and Kind of like with vampires, the bite of the night breed passes on. You become one of them, but you don't become exactly. They don't. They're not like vampires, where when you bite one bites you, you become just exactly like another vampire. These, when the when the night breed bites you, you turn into your own weird, freaky thing. Okay. It could be any kind of thing, but then he became the weird, like you know, he kind of got the again with David, like the David Boreanaz connection. He got a little bit of the face like Angel got when he would turn to the vampire. Yeah, he got angel face, but also he looked like the guy from like the '90s that decided he was gonna get tribal tattoos on his face. He was that guy. He became well, that guy. That was something I said too. Is like you can tell how old this movie is. Is that one of the freaks of Nightbreed is literally a guy with a shaved head and chest and forearm tattoos. That was his only weird thing that was about that guy. Was he had chest tattoos and like tattoos on his arms. It was so uncommon back in 1990 that to have, like, multiple tattoos on you and a bald head, they were like, well, he's clearly a freak in one of the night breed. Also, do you think the dog was dead? I don't know. He may have just been carrying the puppy. There were kittens around there, too. They all had pets. Okay, kittens, fine. I can understand, like, hanging out in a graveyard. But dogs need bones to eat. They need to eat. I mean, ew. Are you saying that he's eating, like, the dead people that were already buried in there? Is that I what the bones? I said none of that, so. I Well... <laughs> I'm sure there's other things they can feed him. 
Okay, I guess. But it's not like they're going to the fucking Trader Joe's. Like, they're, like, you know what's out there in Canada. You know, oh, that's right, Canada. They're not going to, the, like, the Quickie Mart or whatever to, like... Well, there was the old guy who had the store just down the road who had oh, been talking about it for years. How true. They, and he wanted to become, you know... He wanted to be one of them. He wanted to live forever. That's mad. That's really sad because... I would be mad. He didn't. He wasn't accepted. All he was was old, and he had, you know, he looked. He was a little weird because if you look really close in his like back stock area or whatever, he had Barbie dolls hanging upside down from their feet. So there was yeah. obviously something wrong with that old dude. Yeah. Well, he's a taxidermist. There's always something a little wrong with them. Yeah. Well, I guess, but Barbie dolls hanging from their feet. Mm, I don't know. That's probably why the Nightbreed didn't want them. They're like, nope, you too fucked up for us. <laughs> and not saying a lot. <laughs> Look, we're messed up, but we're not crazy. So I feel like they went out of their way in the beginning of the movie to make it known like only monsters could be, you know, be accepted by the Midian. Like you've had to have, I feel like that whole conversation they had, um, Peliquin and, you know, Moonface, that's why I'm calling him Moonface, had like, if you were innocent, you were food to them. But if you were evil, you could either, you could join them. I felt like that was an option. And then that's why Boone wasn't accepted because he was just not, he was innocent. It was that he wasn't any kind of a monster. He hadn't done anything wrong. So why didn't they kill Decker like like five seconds after he, Decker has stepped onto the fucking soil? Why wasn't any of the monsters like killing this fucker? He didn't really confront any of the monsters until the end of it. Yeah, okay, I guess. I mean, they... Well, okay, fine. You, you explained the whole thing with the bite. So I was going to say they went out of their way to save this dude, but fine. So... The window when he's um, gonna be uh, what you call it embalmed autopsy when they're doing the autopsy yeah which by the way I absolutely love the uh, Undertaker's assistant that just holds his jacket up with all the bullet holes in it and goes God damn they weren't taking any chances were they I always love that line and uh, sadly more relevant now that they're just shooting holes full of people everywhere yeah it is a s- sad commentary they it it was unnecessary I feel like. That Polk County Sheriff that you talk about. Yeah, that's a little bit what these guys were. He got that idea from this movie because he shot that guy. He First of all, he said, Decker was like, I think he has a gun. No, no, he didn't say a thing. He said, he's oh, got a gun. He's got and a gun. just dove for cover. Yeah. I also love the fact that before he even moved, people were shooting. So they were just likely to shoot through Decker too. Yeah, they shot him like 35 times. I feel like that's excessive. Like the guy said, they wanted to make sure. Okay, he's a human being. They Two times brought, was going to make it. They also brought assault rifles to this. When you bring an assault rifle to this party, you're not shooting somebody twice and going on with your life. You're emptying that clip into them. Uh, so there's many different creatures, freaks. Oh, you were guys going to ask a question, though, about the autopsy. Oh, yes. The autopsy. So they do the autopsy and then you see like he's getting, you know, um, his bullets are going away and he's, you know, coming back to quote unquote life. And then there's a shot, mind you, right before this, the shot was in the evening. Like it was nighttime. Then there's a shot of a window. It is like the bluest fucking sky I've ever seen. It's probably not even real. It's probably like a fucking mural painting or whatever. And then... It's a little, little break of window. Like someone just busted their hand through. Did he, his spirit just fly out of the fucking window? I feel like like that was a studio note that probably in the original one. And I have to remember in the director's cut. I'm not sure if that scene's in there. I can't, I'll have to watch it again and see. 
I feel like that was a note of like in the probably they just showed him start to rejuvenate, and then the next scene was Decker holding the paper saying, you know, killer's body missing from hospital. And I felt like that's probably one of those things that the studio said, mm, we need to put something in there to show that he escaped. So then they just cut to a random stock shot of a broken window with a sky. It was really it fucking it. small. I'm talking about like, was Rick Moranis up in this bitch and fucking made this fucker small? Like, did he fucking go down to like, honey, I shrunk the kid size and jumped out the window and like flew like... Maybe it was a skylight. Gandalf ball, like Gandalf stall off an eagle into the fucking Midian. Like, how did that happen? I have so many questions. He did take his jacket with him, so... <laughs> I love the fact that he took his jacket, his pants, and his shoes, but not his shirt. Not his shirt, which is is why I said skin face and shirtless leather jack jacket should have an adventure series because that when I saw that next scene where he's just Boreanaz out with no fucking shirt and then the guy who literally first of all I love how they became best friends like skin face became narciss narcissus yeah became best friends with Cabal even though they met like at the hospital where this motherfucker literally skins himself alive. Right. No, this is not the friend that I want. I don't want some dude to just skin himself in front of me and talking some mad shit. Like, that is he not... He calmed down a lot when they got to Midian, let's be fair. Did he, though? Because I feel like he he's almost like, ate he, the girlfriend. He's like the super stoned guy that when you... Like, he hasn't had weed in a while. Then when you finally get him weed, he's fine. Now, he look, got to take his face off and get to Midian. He was fine after that. Yeah, he, but he was like, he's, he's home now, so he could be the mad freak that he is. He could calm down now. He doesn't have to prove to the world anything. Yeah. So, the girlfriend, we're going to call her Holly. I don't know her name. Um, Lori. <laughs> Lori, of course. She looks like a Lori. So, Lori, uh, what the hell, what was wrong with her? Because when they do the interrogation or whatever it is that they're doing to her. They're asking her questions about, I guess, his um, Aaron Boone's character. She, they ask her, what is your relationship? And she's like, we're lovers. I'm telling you right now, if that guy was my lover, I'm not fucking driving to like buttfuck Egypt into the middle of nowhere where there's nothing but fucking cornfields, a old broke ass fucking cemetery going investigating by my damn self. No, we're just lovers. We fucked and I'm done with you. You dead now. Bye. Swipe to the next person. Like, I'm going off to the <laughs> next person. I'm not trying to solve any fuck. I am not part of the Scooby-Doo gang. I'm not trying to solve mysteries. Well, maybe she's saying lover in the sense of, like, you know, long-term relationship. No, then you just say that's my boyfriend. <laughs> or, you know, something. <coughs> not... <coughs> We're lovers. I just, I guess... <laughs> She just wanted to sound sophisticated to the police. I guess. I mean, maybe she was French. I don't know. I mean, oh yes, I guess in Canada, that would be a thing where lovers, right? Because it's kind of like French, France over there in a way. Um, yeah, no, I didn't get that. And then is there anything else? Like, I, why didn't he just make them vampires? I feel like Clive Barker was like, you know what? I really want to do a vampire story, but I don't want to really do vampires because that's he, been so much, that's been overdone. He has openly said before he does not like vampire stories. But then he made a vampire story because his monsters literally have attributes from vampires. They yeah. can't go out in the sun. They fucking explode. Like, <laughs> the whole exploding scene was a bit much, but okay. They turned to fucking dust you know, brown nipples over here. She freaking turned into a fucking mist. 
Like, but you don't like vampires, but you want to take their qualities. No, no, Clive Barker. That's not how that works. And then, oh, the guy got bit. Then he became a freaking monster. Well, I think this is his way of like twisting the vampire myth to feed, you know, to fit his own requirements. I, I mean, I guess if fucking Stephanie Myers could make a fucking vampire glittery, I mean, have at it. You know, obviously he did this way before she did, but... Yeah, he just wanted to put his own twist on everything. I guess. I I guess. Dot, dot, dot. Um, so, <laughs> it's Boone's fault. We didn't give any synopsis of this movie, so you have no idea. No one has any idea if you've never seen it. We're just talking... We're just talking about the movie. Like, everyone in the world has already seen this movie. You want to give, like, a quick synopsis? So, in case you haven't seen the movie, uh, the main character, Aaron Boone, is being treated by a psychiatrist, which is David Cronenberg, who, you know, Dr. Decker, who, by the way, has the coolest mask ever. Yeah, his mask is pretty dope. Um, But Decker calls Boone in one day and says, look, uh... All these things you've been talking about, where you've been talking about killing people and you know whole families, I thought they were just fantasies or hallucin or I'm sorry delusions you were having. But the police brought me some pictures, and it turns out you've actually been doing all this. You've been killing all these people, and you haven't you didn't remember it. So I'm gonna give you till tomorrow to turn yourself into the cops. Here's some medicine. Take these pills. They'll make you feel better. He, of course, does not give him medicine because it only takes about two seconds to figure out. First of all, it's David Cronenberg. You know he's the evil guy. So he's the one that's been killing everyone and is just trying to pin it on Boone. And instead of giving him lithium to calm him down, he gave him LSD. So he's on a bad trip, gets hit by a car. A car? It was a fucking truck. Yeah. It was like a semi-truck. He gets How hit- is he alive? Well, you know, it's Canada. They're very nice drivers He's there. like the fucking cat with like nine lives. So he ends up in the hospital. That's where he meets the one you call Skin Face, Narcisse, who's telling him all about, you know, he's been having these dreams, of, like we said before, he's been having dreams about Midian for a while. And that's where Skin Face meets him and says, well, yeah, of course Midian's real. I'm, I'm planning to go there myself. We should go together. And he goes to Midian, and that's where, of course, the, the thing with Decker where he gets shot, comes back to life. And there's a lot cut out that we don't really see. Like, we don't really see where he goes back to Midian, meets them, and all that. We just kind of come into it later, and he's, you know, already learned all the laws of Midian and, you know, joining the tribe. I feel like that was the part we really needed to see in the theatrical cut. And, you know, from there on, it's your pretty standard monster movie. You know, David Cronenberg can't let it go because he figures out he's alive, and he's just going to keep going. But he knows he's not alive, which irks me. He know, but... And then there is that scene, that weird scene where we see like his very like 90s style home where there's like two tanks on the side with like bubbles. I don't know what the fuck that was. That's just David Cronenberg's house, I'm sure. (laughs) That's his real house. With like, it looked like like uh, Stefan Gamel's artwork on the walls. Um, Weird fucking artwork. And he's listening to the tape. It was all faces. Because Decker's all about your faces. That's why all the masks and everything mm. were all over the walls of his uh, office. Then he's like listening to him uh, about Boone, listening to Boone's tape of like him talking about Midian and how like he's going to be there, he's going to live forever. Like, wouldn't you like to live forever? He gets real, like a temper tantrum. And then he like throws the freaking, you know, recorder across the room. He's super mad. What is his problem? Like, he does have, like, a very short monologue on how, like, 
he's gonna take care of like kill like all the scum and like the scum are having more scum like you know these people are having children and they're all disgusting and low and like whatever the first family he killed it was a loving fucking family like they were mad loving the mom and dad were all cute and cuddly you know their mom was all super nice to her son oh maybe he's one of those crazy people that thinks the best way to you know, calm everything down is to just, you know, thin the herd a little bit and kill everyone. No, and then, like, he's a psychiatrist. Hello, look your, look in the fucking mirror, guy. You're fucking insane. Like, what is he your problem? He did look in the mirror, and it was his mask talking to him. Exactly. He was insane. So he had, which that goes back, and I know that probably, that's a very Batman thing, because Scarecrow... Was a psychiatrist. Was a psychiatrist, and he also had, like, Decker's... Uh, mask is kind of Scarecrow-esque. I kind of have a feeling that's where Christopher Nolan got the idea for that mask because uh, you know, in the book, in the comics before this, you know, Scarecrow's mask was always literally just like a burlap bag that he wore. Yeah. It got a little creepier in the Nolan movies and I kind of feel like he probably took a little bit of that from Decker. Yeah, the mask is pretty awesome. But yeah, it is like you know, uh, I I would say it's, um, it's very scary. Yeah, I just I would not. I feel so bad for like other families, but like, what's your? Why do you want to destroy these people, Midian? They didn't do anything to you. Like, leave them alone. You're off killing like but normal families. But if he families. feels like that, normal people with kids are really perverse and disgusting. He needs to kill them. Think what he must think of these weirdos in Midian. I think he was just mad because they didn't have to hide their face. They were just being themselves. They were out and proud. And he couldn't be out and proud in his fucking scary ass looking mask because, hello, like, he was a killer. No one wanted to see his true face because he didn't even want to see his true face. He had to put a fucking mask on. David Cronenberg is not that unattractive. I mean, I'm not saying he's the best fucking looking guy. He is weird looking, but it's not like... <laughs> it's just because he's seven feet tall and weighs 100 pounds. <laughs> it's not like he's like mad disgusting and he has that fabulous hair. Like, how could you be mad when you have such fabulous fucking hair? He was mad though. Then he's, you know, he, and he's killing everybody. And let me tell you, I understand the roughneck cops, whatever they were called, sheer neck. Sheer neck. Sheer neck, fine. I understand you're not the best cops. But, like, the detective, like, and, like, the fancy fucking cops, they couldn't put together, like, hmm, every time we step on the scene, um, it's Decker calling us saying, hey, there's another fucking body. Why is Decker around every time there is fucking you know we need to get bones on this like if David Boreanaz and this fucking what's a face was in this they would have fucking solved the case because that's probably why he the first thing he did when the cops got out to Midian was the first thing he did was kill the detective from Montreal who was probably starting to get a little wise to things first thing he did was kill the only guy there that had any sense that's true he did he did he he did slice his throat which was really sad but then I didn't feel sad I don't feel sad for I don't feel sad for the freaks of this movie. I don't feel sad for the freaking rough, rough uh, sheer necks. I'm not sad for the detective. I'm not sad for anybody. The own, not even, I have no sympathies for whatsoever because there's like barely any character development. We don't really get to know, like, we don't, what is this Bahamut thing? Like, in the middle of, what is that? It's like a fucking, is it a tree? Is it, is it a demon? Is it, is it whatever? And then you told me Midian is a real place in the Bible. So now Clive Barker's all up in the Bible, even though he went out of his way, or whomever wrote the screenplay, quote unquote, because he just 
through that bomb. Yeah, there's some things going around about that, but I'm not sure. I got to do research on that. Um, whomever wrote it goes and says, um, when uh, Boone tells we don't like when he tells a priest we don't like your kind around here. Or whatever. Well, because the you know the one scene earlier was it, it was the, impl- in the implication that during the Inquisition the priests were killing the night breed. Yeah, which I mean that makes sense. They, the Inquisition they were killing everybody. Like yeah. that was like their thing. So of course they're not going to be fond of priests. The whole like Terminator esque scene where everyone is just getting murdered and there's like talking heads and like skulls everywhere. What? Okay, I guess I mean like they're showing us like you know what they did back in the day which is why they had to go underground you know why you know it's so fucked up every story these fairies trolls like unicorns every fucking night breed everyone has to go somewhere hidden you know and that's a big thing in clive barker's like world He's always building another world within our world. And I, I I just, I would just love to ask him about that. I'm sure many people have interviewed him. I just have never gone out of my way to like look further into that because Hellraiser, obviously, hello. Um, you have that hell and all that stuff, which, you know, purgatory and all that different levels and, you know, whatever, divine comedy bullshit. And then you have this Nightbreed. Then you have my favorite novel, which I don't know why the hell no one has made this into something. Make it into a TV series. Hello, hello, They've hello. They've been talking about it for years. Do it. HBO. Do it. Uh, freaking, sh- not Showtime. It'll be too sexy. Netflix. Netflix. Somebody with the monies. Weave World. I fucking love Weave World. That's a fucking, that's something I want to see. That's freaking amazing. Like... I would love to see that. That's a really, that's like one of my favorite all time top books. Like if I were to go on an island, I would want that. I remember (laughs) TMI. I remember literally being in the bathroom. I could not let go of this book. I had the book with me at all time. Like just reading it, just devoured that novel because I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, I feel like the, like you said, with a night breed where there's not a lot of character development, this one, I think, would work a lot better, too, as, like, a 10-episode Netflix series. If you had, like, the first episodes kind of establishing, you know, Boone and showing what was going on, and then he really doesn't get to Midian until, like, the second episode, and just show more of what's going on with everyone, get into wherever people's, you know, background a little bit more. That's why I said, this would be a perfect, like, 10-episode Netflix show. Now, my other question to you is, what do you think was the thought behind when they were like, you know what, let's make all these different kind of monsters. And someone was like, you know what's scary? Big heads. There's a lot of big <laughs> heads in this movie. There's all kinds of big heads. There's moon heads. There's elephant man heads. Like, what kind of... There were so many of them. Like, what is up with that? And why are we always putting down, like, oversized, you know, naked men that look like... It was like a live Jabba the Hut, like, man in the thing like that's really creepy to people i i don't know these (laughs) they needed to be underground because they're not they're not getting section eight no one wants them to live anywhere yeah there's some interesting creatures in here i think the big head is because it's an easy appliance to make you know you don't have to form fit that to someone's face you can just put the mask on and just do makeup around their neck area where you know none of those people are really talking a lot so Except for, you know, Moonface talks a lot. By the way, his name is Kinski. Kinski, okay. Moonface is Kinski, okay. Um, 
Narciss, Narcissus, what was his name again? You said it, it's fine. Narcissi, uh, that, when he's, <laughs> when they're gonna go and they're fighting, you know, Decker, and he's like, I only want his balls. What the fuck was that about? <laughs> what did he, what did he do to him? Because we don't know. I Do they show that in director's cut? What he did to him behind closed doors? It must have been some really fucked up shit, Decker, what he did to him, because... Well, he carried the mask in with him, first of all. So he brought the mask and knives in. And then he was dead. So he obviously tortured him to death behind closed doors. Yeah. And then that's, you know, the cop, the detective was like, hmm, that's kind of weird. Especially when he went out of his way to say, no one could be in there with me. I have to have privacy. Hmm. Okay. Question mark. That's kind of weird. Now he comes out, he's bullier than he was before and he's dead. Mm. Well, maybe he told him, you know, hey, he grabbed the knife away from me. Yeah, every time there's an issue, the other guy did it. It wasn't me. I was just there. <laughs> That's fine. Um, so we come to, you know, Revelation. What? Decker's a savior? It was written within the fucking... De- not Decker, Boone. I'm sorry. Boone. I'm sorry. I stole my Decker thing. Boone was a savior and, you know, amongst the walls, Egyptian style, the hieroglyphics of his fucking coming and like what's going to happen. <laughs> How he becomes Cabal and what's what he didn't do anything for them. He ruined their fucking house and they became homeless. Now they're living in a barn. Like, <laughs> well, to be fair, the barn looked nicer than the place they were living. That's just because it had hay and the other, the other it's place. It's the same place from Roadhouse where what's his name lived. It was a hundred dollars a month. Yep. <laughs> Don't make that easy. He didn't save anybody and then. Is that how the novel ends? And then it, there's no other fucking follow-up to that? Because at the end of the theatrical, you know, hairless priest, you know, and freaking Decker are going to take their revenge. Well, there was a comic series that followed up the night after, that picked up after the movie that went on for nearly two years. Wow, really? Okay. And eventually it crossed over with Rawhead Rex. Uh, there was a lot of creepiness that went on in that series. It's been a long time. I read that back when it came out, but it's been forever now. Because the comic series lasted way longer than the movie. It went on like into like 92 or so. Yeah, the opening of the film. Well, maybe it wasn't the opening, but the dream. Yeah, it was the dream sequence. Yeah. Um, yeah, what the hell? I... I <laughs> The first time I saw it, I was like, okay, this is kind of weird. Like, why are... Everyone's like, doing flips through the air? Yeah, they're doing flips and everyone... Okay, fine. I It's fine. Everyone looks weird. Okay, but everyone's doing flips. I feel like there's a very carnivalesque feeling to it. Like, they're trying to, like, lure me into, like, this amazing amusement park. You don't have to lure me into an amusement park. There's kind candy and fucking candied apples and a fucking roller coaster. I'm fucking there, bitch. I don't even care if that looks like a roller coaster hasn't been written in 10 years. I'm gonna fucking write it. I'm gonna do it. You don't have to lure me with your creepiness in there. I was already gonna go in. Um, is this cemetery an actual cemetery? Was this a set? It was a set. Damn, well, that's sad. That would have been cool if it was real. Yeah, it was all a set. It was a, it was a also pa- very disrespectful if it was real. They were filming on, you know, the catacombs. Yeah, and... the faraway shots were all matte paintings, and then close up was just a set. Okay. All right. You know, it's not my favorite movie. I don't hate it as much as The Craft Legacy or mm-hmm. any other film I've given negative knives to. Uh, I'm going to give this one... 
a knife and a half. It's got cool creature effects. In it. I'm a, I'll, I'll like give it. two two knives. I have nothing to say about the creature effects. I mean, they all look good. Decker's mask makes it. The scenes where I would be more interested on seeing more of Decker. Like, I don't really care about Midian or Boone. Like, they could just go away. Can we just have a Decker movie? Because he's far more interesting and a complex character than these other people. Like, let them live their life, their best life, <laughs> dancing, you know, in the fucking darkness, <laughs> doing what they do. What's up with Decker? Like, yeah, there's just so much going on there. And mind you, fine, we may have seen that movie and we may have actually had, unfortunately, real events, you know, of terrible serial killers like him. But I just, to get that type of, like, intelligence and, like, the study of the brain and then lose your own mind and decide that you're righteous and that you're gonna do this based on what you believe which obviously is like the inquisition and all the any war or whatever has happened in the history you know someone thinks this is the right thing and i'm gonna stick by it and i'm right by doing it and then therefore you know terrible nothing but terrible things happen um that's yeah and then also, I just want to see more of the mask. I don't want to see him. They called him like the child. They called Boom, which was actually Decker. The, what was it? The Child Slayer or? Yeah, Child Skinner or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Child Skinner. Oh, no. No. That I don't want to see. I don't want to see any kids get hurt. Actually, there might be a part of me that actually really just dislikes the movie as a whole because that family was so beautiful. I mean, they weren't beautiful looking. The mom and the dad, they were just normal people, but... They're just a little family, you know? They weren't doing anything wrong. They should have locked the doors. They should have locked the fucking... Lock your doors. I don't care where you live. Lock them doors. So annoying. Even what was more annoying was when she saw the door was open. Oh, the door is ajar. She didn't say that. I'm just adding... Ad-libbing. Oh, the door is ajar. Then she walks up to the... She looks. Oh, there's nothing. And then she closes the door and walks away. She didn't even fucking lock it. She didn't even lock it. I'm like, what was the whole point of locking it? You should have just left it fucking shit open. You didn't even lock it afterwards. You just closed it. This is also good advice. Listen to your kids when they tell you there's a bad man in the house. Because chances are, there's a bad man in the house. And he's just standing there crying. Oh, God, it's just too much. I just, my heartstrings. I was already devastated at the first five seconds. Actually, 20 seconds into the film. I'm like, this is sad. And then that was the only part where the film had me was that just one scene. Everything else was just like, I'm thinking about fucking the penguin. I'm thinking about Batman. I'm thinking about Beetlejuice. I'm thinking about Ghostbusters. I'm thinking about all these other things besides the movie. (laughs) Well, is there anything you would like to add to the Nightbreed episode? No, I think during my uh, birthday month, we're going to have to watch the director's cut now. Yeah, you got nothing to say about that, do you? No, I no. Okay. Well, we'll see. Maybe, maybe not. This was two hours and five minutes of my life that I'm not getting back. And technically, this is not the first time I've seen the film. I think this is probably the second or the third time I've seen the film. But when I see films I really don't like, I try to erase them because I need to make, you know, <laughs> I, I don't have time. My memory is not, my brain is not made up like to memorize all these movies. I just get out the junk out delete recycled bin like bye uh i do not want to watch this movie ever again no i'm done i'm good 
I maybe want to read the comics if there's a continuing story because that means that I get to see more of what Decker's doing. Now, Decker now is a true monster all around. I mean, he was already a fucking monster all around, but now it's like, what's his power? Like, can he get killed by fire or like, we don't know. Like, that's... Yeah. Yeah, I'm theoretically... I'm, sure I'm just throwing out the, there into the world. I'm sure they got into it in the comic, but like I said, I don't really remember what it was. Yeah, I'd be intrigued to see. I mean, I... I, you know, we live in a day and age where I can just look it up, but I just, I don't want to take the easy way out. I want to find out exactly. Maybe I'll have time to visit. There's probably a lot of them. He said it went out for two years. Yeah, it's like 25 of them. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of them. Well, thank you so much for joining us in this episode. And you know what? Actually, I didn't hate on it a lot. I had a lot of questions. Yeah. I didn't put too much hate. So there you go. No. Thank you so much for joining us and stay tuned to the horror. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.